Welcome, dear friends, to the Taviret, a Wheel of Time podcast hosted by three gentlemen for whom the very wheel itself bends around. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Bill, Rob, and Rich. And welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Taviren Wheel of Time podcast. My name is Rob. And I'm Rich. Rich. Rich, our third host. Rich, is that really you? I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> I was able to access Teleron Riyadh, pull Rich out of his wolf dream, and bring him back to us in the real world. Rich, how you doing? Doing fantastic. You know what? It's awesome the fact that I'm recording at 8 o'clock at night and not... Six in the morning. <laughs> on on uh, bill time, right? Yeah, and I do that tomorrow morning. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, I told Bill to wait by the car, but, you know, he's like a puppy. He just wanders off. So today it's going to be the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have hopes that maybe we can have a complete full set for Chapter 3. But in the meantime, we have Rich. We have me. Once again, this is the Taviren Wheel of Time podcast. Rich, this is your this is your first go around. Why don't you give everybody a quick uh, history with uh, the Wheel of Time? Okay, so the first like I got into this um, book series when another podcast kept talking about it on the background. They kept saying like, "Oh, the Wheel of Time, this, the Wheel of Time, that." I never mm-hmm. really understood what it was. Um, Bill talked about it a lot, and he said, "You know, oh, you got to read these books. You got to do that." Uh, but be careful; the middle part gets a little boring. And I thought it was just mean the middle of the book, but I did not <laughs> know that there was. Is there's twelve books? Or is fourteen. Okay. Fourteen. Fifteen if you got the prequel. Okay. Um I really need to start paying attention when I tell Bill, yeah, I'm gonna do stuff with you. Um it turns out I ended up doing a a huge freaking list of video games and now a large book. (laughs) Thank you, Bill. Um but I mean the book series themselves so far, I've read the first book, the second, and then a little bit of the third. Okay. I really like where it's going. Um, and I enjoy, you know, that world that that person's building. It does remind me of a Lord of the Rings s kind of deal. But honestly, I, yes. I find these better than Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, you know, is obviously the premiere, the classic, the original. Uh, Tolkien does a lot of descriptive. He's very good at being describing the scenery, describing the setting. Jordan is really good at world building. Mm-hmm. You know characters locations fleshing it out making it seem like a living breathing actual entity jordan was the master at that in my opinion agreed and then um you know it it was sad i actually have one of the books of his one of the books that he did um in the series i can't remember which one it was it was actually signed by him oh wow yeah i got that you got to put that you got to put that up on the uh on the on twitter i will i have i forget which one is i gotta dig it out of the boxes though um I, I hope it's really his signature, but I got it on uh, eBay when I was buying a bunch okay. of these books, and it said, like, oh, signed by Robert Jordan. I'm like, I want that. Why not? And, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I realized, like, oh, he's actually dead, so this could be worth some money. Well, as I was talking in the prologue with, with Bill, um, I read up until about eight or nine, book eight or nine uh, back in the early 2000s. And then when I hit that, you know, aforementioned middle slog i put it down and moved on to another book series fast forward a few years later um i find out that you know robert jordan had passed heard the brandon sanderson for the first time Mm -hmm. and decided to start back at one 
and work my way all the way up. And I was able to do that in perfect timing that I was done book 13 as book 14 came out. Okay. So perfectly timed the hype train to hit that at the right you know point. And you, you have just an absolute great series ahead of you. And I'm so glad you're going to be experiencing this for the first time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not above saying that memory of light is the first book that brought me tears in my eyes. There was two, two very certain, very specific areas of the book that brought emotion, brought me emotionally, you know, to tears. Oh. And I just can't wait. I just can't wait for you to, to experience it as well. Okay. Um, I look forward to that. I actually have a couple of ser- series that I'm going to pitch to Bill to doing another podcast eventually on once we get through this, who knows how long <laughs> this will take us. Uh, but that does have some moments in it too. I really think that you guys would like that, um, that book series as well, but we'll get to that eventually. So okay. what are we doing today? Well, first off, believe it or not, there is some wheel of time news to go over. You know, a series that, that was, ended back in i think it was 2013 or 14 was the final book we have some news oh um you may or may not have known but just recently jordan con 2019 is happening in florida yep i heard that <laughs> so, actually yep so as soon as that one ended they announced jordan con 2020 it's going to be from april 17th to the 19th in atlanta georgia so it looks like that they like to keep to the southern more uh uh, warmer climates. Yeah. Now I rallied for Bill to make the trip, but he he, he said that's going to be a hard sell to the wife. You know what? Now too bad. It's he's too going. Bad. <laughs> and I'm sure he's not a, a expert in American geography, but where you and I are located, it's a trek for us. As well, yeah, it's, I'd it's, love to be yeah. able to try to make it. So who we'll knows see where we are at that? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? We'll see where we are at that time. Maybe um, we'll get popular and people can pay our trip for us. Oh, hey. That would be that would be awesome. <laughs> we could try. <laughs> We'd have to, you know, lose Bill probably, but you know that's fine. No, yeah, we can live without him. No, you I didn't hear that, that here, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bill, you're the best. But um, if you guys have need any more information on JordanCon 2020, visit JordanCon.org for more details. Um, I have one other bit of news, of course, but of course, uh, you know that the uh, series is being uh, turned into a TV show. On Amazon Prime, right? Yes. Are you aware of that? Yeah. I heard of that. Uh, they announced that they will be filming some of the episodes in Prague of the Czech Republic. Okay. So looks like they're they're very um, scenic areas. It's like they're going to go all across different locales. But I think Prague was one of the areas that they announced will be uh, filming a few episodes in. Um, looks like I got that information from Narg. Uh, a gentleman on Twitter and his website, the daily Visit his website for more details regarding that TV series, as well as other wheel of time news. It's a good source. The daily trollic.com. Nice. So, I look forward to that. Uh, yes. Yeah, I know. That's going to be great. I mean, everybody's, and I'm one of them head over heels about game of Thrones. Uh, but you have no idea what's coming with the wheel of time. If it's done right. Yep. Agreed. So, so Bill, this is, uh, I'm sorry. So rich yeah. don't, Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's hard to get, I get it. You know. uh, so rich, this, uh, this episode is one part two, uh, book one, chapter two strangers. Yep. Have you, uh, 
caught yourself up on this chapter? Yes, I've caught myself up. I, I've got an idea of what's happening. Um, I had to go back and look at some notes, but yep. I've got I've got a good idea on what has happened with the uh, with the characters. Okay, so as we left, uh, Matt and Rand were just uh, helping Tam get the last of the brandy and the cider into the wine spring. Um, we get a little bit of background on Matt. He gives us one of his famous pranks, the the ghost hound prank. And I thought that was it, it's just perfect. Two boys just shooting the breeze saying, hey, I was trying to scare the crap out of these little boys. You know, put put a bunch of flour on these dogs and tell them there's ghost hounds around. How was I supposed to know that dogs would run home? <laughs> Crazy. And then, I know. So he's so he's um, on the lookout because he knows he's got he's got. One of the, uh, I guess, the village elders and his wife looking to give him a thumping because he, because he, you know, part of Matt and his uh, boyish charm is, is he loves to play the, play the pranks. Mm-hmm. Then, then we find out that there's more strangers in town. They're in town. Yes, uh, and, and if I remember correctly, that does not happen very often in no. uh, Two Rivers because as 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 you think about it, the Two Rivers um, town is very far south. From the main cities of of the continent. Yep. If, if and it's I remember got right. mountains bordering it on the west, and then the rivers obviously to the north and the south. So it's it's very secluded area. You know, you'll get the occasional peddler. You know, and the, the people from the maybe one town over, but nothing like what's being the rumors that are that are sweeping the town as far as mm-hmm. the the strangers that are there. And which usually you know. happens in a in a small town like that. Uh, when nobody usually comes, it's just strangers pop out of nowhere, and that does generate the buzz on it. My next question it's to all you, the though, talk. yeah, my next question to Edmonds Field is that is that where they're at now? I can't remember off the top of my head if that's what it is, but if they're part of the Two Rivers, but they're in Edmonds Field. You're putting me on the spot. I'm flipping through the book now. Sorry, <laughs> I think you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I think yeah, I think Edmonds Field is one of the parts of Two Rivers. There's okay. There's Terran Ferry, there's the water, there's Tower Hill. Sorry, my glasses. Oh, but so that's that's generally where they're at. So that's where Rand, Matt, and uh, Perrin's at. The Wine Spring, the Witch Hill, the Walter Wood, then Terran Ferry. They're all areas within what's called Two Rivers. So Emmons Field, I think, is part of Two Rivers. Okay, I'm sure if I'm wrong, let me know. Just be, just be civil about it. <laughs> but that's what that's what I'm looking. That's what I'm seeing here. So okay. So but yeah, we have these strangers. We have some highborn lady, the, the, according to the town folk, some highborn lady, and some other gentleman with a mystical cloak. Now, as we learned from chapter one, both Matt and Rand saw a gentleman with a what seemed to be a mystical cloak that they did not like. Yeah. So as soon as they hear talk of a gentleman, of the guy with a cloak, puts them both on edge. What, what, what do you mean he had a cloak? What, what, did it move in the wind? Was it was it black? You know, lots of lots of kind of tense questions. And you know, who are these new people? You know, what's mm-hmm. going on? So, it, and they talked about. Um, so the man in black. If we kind of look back to chapter one, man in black yep. was a uh, very dark figure that they had no idea who he was. And the tricky part is, no one else saw this person except for Matt and Rand. Matt and Rand, correct, correct. So 
that puts a big spotlight on, okay, so what is really going on? And do these two strangers have any connection to that man in black? Exactly. You see, you know, on the way there in chapter one, on the way on the, on the old road, Rand sees what he sees. There's a stranger there. Now there's more strangers in town. What What's going on? Maybe you get one a season, but now you got three. Mm-hmm. So you're really on edge. You have no idea. While uh, they overhear some talk uh, from the village elders that one of this, one of the, um, was it the village elders? Or maybe it was one of the children from the town saying that he learned the names of the strangers. Uh, the lady, Malrain and Lan were the names of the strangers. And he overheard that the lady, Malrain may have referred to Nynaeve as a child, which, oh, oh that's just something you just don't do. Yeah. Unless you want to. <laughs> now, Nguyen, or how do you spell that, say that name? I'm terrible at Ma, pronunciations. Oh, you're better You're better than Bill. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Ma Rain. Okay. Moraine? That was a little tricky. Yeah, Ma, so Moraine yeah, and, and Lan. And then uh, Nineveh. Nine, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm laughing because I, I I have mispronounced it wrong forever in my own internal, you know, dialogue. The, I think her name is Nynaeve. Nynaeve, okay. Nynaeve, so Nynaeve, yeah. is, is Nynaeve the actual, like, town healer, she's medicine? The village wis- she's, yeah. the, her title is the Village Wisdom. But she's not that old, though. She's very young for her station. Yeah. Qualified, but very young. Okay. So when she... When it was heard that this highborn lady may have referred to her as child, you know, this begins, not only does it have the whole town on edge, because, you know, that's one name you do not call, you know, the wisdom a child. Correct. But as we're going to find out, this is the very beginning of a blossoming friendship, blossoming friendship between these two women, as we may or may not find out. <laughs> yeah, from right now, they don't like each other. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. Your first impressions mean everything, and... That's not the best first impression, but hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> okay. So with that happening, you go through um, with that situation, with those two meeting, um, the Glee Man and you and Skeptical and all those things that pop up with these visitors. Can we talk about the crow? Yep. That's actually my next note. Okay. The, the, uh, the very um, smart crow, I guess, or raven. They, uh, Matt and Rand see a raven that's kind of staring at them, kind of funny, kind of cockeyed. And then they don't like that. It kind of puts them on edge. So without even, you know, without even saying anything, they both reach for a stone and chuck it at the crow, who simply just kind of hops to one side, hops back, and still is given that old stink eye. So this is our first encounter with Dark Friend, with what could be considered Dark Friends. You know, yep. They both comment that they've never seen a raven act in such a manner. And it was almost like the raven was angry at them, but they couldn't understand why. It was smart. And yeah, it seemed more smart than a raven should be. But this also leads them into their official introduction to Ma Rain, as she's in the same boat with them. She's, she's not happy with the way that raven's behaving. And as soon as she appears on the scene, the raven bolts. That was kind of an odd. As soon as she showed up and took note of the Raven, he's out of there. Now, would you think that it would be for Moraine showing up or would it be Lan with her? Because in my opinion, I think Lan would be the most intimidating one. Lan would be the most intimidating, but you know, not, not to go too far into what 
a raven could signify. Yep. It was probably the it was probably the the whatever juice was emanating from Moraine, you know, whatever kind of power she was able to emanate. DeCrow was not having, so he got out of there in a hurry. Correct. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I'm like, I don't know if that's people will understand that. Yep. So what I do like about in Robert Jordan's books and things, it's not just because the man is the most powerful one. You've got the women do play a pretty big role in these books. Oh, yeah. Well, as, as Bill mentioned in the last episode, the men have their group. The women have their group. The yep. men try to find out what the women are doing and the women get out of here. It's none of your business. Women's business. But – when the women want to get involved with the men's business, the men have to comply. It's correct. <laughs> so that seems to be the way that it goes in this village. Yeah. But as you know, as we find out more detail, you know, in chapters, it goes on, we start to learn more about that relationship, that symbolism behind it. So mm-hmm. the readers can fully understand and the people listening to the podcast, um, what that does signify. Yep. Yep. So we have the meeting, we have the meeting of Ma Rain with Matt and Rand. Uh, one thing that becomes immediately kind of immediately uh, shown here is Matt's propensity to trying to be a ladies' man, where Rand, where Rand and I think the other kid, his name was Ewing, were kind of stumbling with what they should do. Matt smoothly attempts an introduction and a bow. He may have bonded with the bow, as as it seems it was kind of an awkward bow, but I think he failed Jordan, horribly. He did fail horribly, but Jordan made a point that he was at least kind of smooth mm-hmm. in his attempt and the way he introduced himself. So if you're going to fail, fail with grace. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so. That's our first our first showing of, of of how Matt likes to be around the ladies. Uh, we also get the coin. She has a special coin that she presents to Matt and Rand, and she literally calls it. She literally tells them there is a bond between us now. Ooh, and I know what that is. Oh yeah, but we can't talk about it. Oh no, no, that's for a later podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the coins and stuff. They did. They did get the the coins, and I do want to point out there's a lot of different words that she throws out there. Um, she does mm-hmm. talk about the wheel of time and how it turns. The wheel of time turns, and nobody can see the whole pattern. Um, you know that those words are thrown throughout the entire you know chapters and the books. Yep, yep. So if you're reading these these chapters with us, definitely pay attention to those words because they do actually you know dictate very important things. It's yeah, it's it's you know it's good writing, and of course this is good writing. But when you read a book then you go back and read it a second time and you're like oh yeah I get that now oh yeah oh i see what he did here oh it, it's all sick it all works out so that's that's the beauty you're reading this again and like for example if you're reading this book for the very first time you're going in sight unseen and there's a scene with a raven you just think that's just a stupid bird but as we go farther and we learn how this world is we revisit we revisit this scene and now it takes a different kind of angle as well hold on ravens don't normally act like that what really could be going on yep. and that's the beauty and the genius behind this series yeah like those kind of little small not easter eggs but small tidbits for readers to pick up on the second and third go through yep you got to pay attention you got to keep your eyes and your mind open 
So yes. let's talk about Lan. So Lan themselves is a warder. Well, we don't which... know that you you and Finnegan, the little kid that accompanies Matt and Rand, mm-hmm. predicts that he's a warder. Yeah. But we don't quite – we just know that there's a high – what appears to be a highborn lady and her – what seems to be her bodyguard. Yeah. And he's pretty dressed snazzy, I would say. He's snazzy, and as I joked with uh, Bill, I said he's wearing his Technicolor raincoat. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the this was obviously the gentleman who the town knew with the mystifying cloak, mm. and obviously not the guy Matt and Rand saw with a different type of mystifying cloak. It's good on them that they can they kind of discern that okay, this is not the very evil entity that we saw in the first chapter. Correct. It could be, you know, this one, you know, the the person in black, the man in black portrays very uneasy, unsettling feeling for those boys. When they look at Lan yep. in his cloak, they don't feel that. There's no reason for them to feel threatened or in danger in any way. Although, if, if I can recall from the book, at this point in time, Matt's idea of what a warder, what a warder is, is very, very different than the actuality of what a warder is. Yeah, he's totally wrong. Yeah, he's totally wrong. And, and it's the it's, lack of a better term, they're in a backwater town. So stories yeah. come through, it could change, and this and that. They don't know who's good and who's bad. They hear stories of monsters. They'll hear stories of women who can do magic. They could be good now, they're probably bad. It all, no one knows anything, but you act like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, but once these... again, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just say, once again, Matt is totally wrong. Yeah, and those boys they'll they'll make up their own stories and they'll add additions to it just to to keep the thing lively. You got to think, guys, yes. that this town, if you look at the map that Jordan had produced, this town is is if I remember right, is so far away from the action, they don't yep. really see anything or, or hear anything besides what comes through from the Glee Man, um, the uh, vendors, and things like that. Exactly, that's what we're going to find in the next chapter. You know. Mm-hmm. We'll see that the, the, the greatest commodity is information. Yep. So, have we? But then the. Go ahead. Have we looked at? No, no, it wouldn't be in this chapter. Never mind. I don't want to get too far. Okay. Nope. I was just going to say that this chapter ends with the mystery of the Glee Man, because yes. Ewing thinks that Matt's just pulling his leg, because you know that's how Matt is. He just likes mm-hmm. to yank everybody's chain. Oh yeah, there's a Glee Man. Oh, you'll have fun with. Are you sure? Are you sure? And then that's. Rand, is he telling me the truth? And that's how the chapter ends. And it's just, you know, it's yeah. a very good chapter. It's good. It's we're introducing slowly more, more of the of the main crew to the to the uh, story. Um, you know, you get an idea of how life is in the two rivers in Emmonsfield. You know, you know, three people, three new people in town. Such a scandal. Yes. You know. Oh man. <laughs> well, two for sure. Three unknown. The, the last yep. one's unknown. And I do like yep. how they don't just choke or shove uh, characters down your throat. It's more of a oh, no. gradually introduce these at the right time. That's what Jordan has a great uh, feel for that kind of stuff. And in this moment, Rand and Matt, they're still boys. Mm-hmm. They, they they act like boys. You know, they're, they're pulling pregs where they're putting, you know, flour on dogs to scare the little kids. They're awkward and they're clumsy in, in, in the presence of a woman. You know, they tease the younger boys. It's... It, Boys will be boys, and at this moment, two chapters in, we're dealing with two two teenagers slash boys, young men. 
How old would you say they old. are? I'm sure there's an official age at this time, but I'm going to I'm, I'm going to put them at around sixteen. Okay, I was I got a more feel of a, a fourteen, fifteen year old. Okay, I, I mean, I'm I'm sure that there's a proper answer right there, but I mean, they've already talked like Brand Rand has been unofficially betrothed to the mayor's daughter mm-hmm. at this point, and that that's already been kind of hinted at at this point. So that that's where I was kind of coming at with sixteen. You know, that was yeah. that's my take. I but. can see that. Um, so. What about so we've we've got them going to the to potentially see if there's a Glee man, there's a peddler. <clears throat> I'm gonna throw out there, you know, if there's a Glee man, the Glee man actually is my one of my favorite characters. Oh yeah, yeah, I really enjoy I, him. I did. I did last episode say that that Matram Cawthon is probably my favorite character in literature of modern literature. Matt is Matt. Ah, oh, I love. Just, I mean, and you, you, you're two books plus into the life and times of, of Matt. Cawthon. Yeah. So I have my opinion on, on Matt, um, right now and same, I have a Matt with parent, uh, opinion on parent and Rand, but uh-huh. because we're so early in the podcast, I cannot give those opinions quite yet. No, no, no. And then I got to be careful and I got to relay this to our third post to watch the spoilers. Once, yeah. You know, when it's him and me kind of riffing, it's different. But you know, when when we get you in the mix, we gotta we gotta we gotta kind of cut that short. Should we just spoil Endgame while we're at it? <clears throat> that was a running joke I used to have when uh, Star Wars Episode Seven came out. I would joke and say, "Wait until the dinosaurs come." <clears throat> that was my big spoiler for Star Wars. Uh, but once again, I acted this last time. Go see Endgame if you haven't yet. It's brilliant. Okay, yeah, I agree. We just, we should probably throw that in there for the next couple of weeks. Just like you, you should probably do it. Just go do it. Um, They'll probably be still this this podcast is you know going to be on the aether for years and years, and that show will probably still be that movie will start still be making bucks. Oh my god, yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm gonna see it again. But anyways, we're getting off topic. So anyway, <laughs> we act we actually do have questions from our host slash boss uh, Bill. Uh, he couldn't make the podcast recording, but that didn't stop him from sending us questions to discuss. Of course. Um, yeah, I know. You know how that taskmaster, that taskmaster, that guy. And we pretty much did most of the questions here, but I'll still run through them. Okay. Ready? All right. Number one, would you sell the silver coin from Moraine? All right. Now, if I knew, if I didn't know what it actually symbolized and what it actually did, I would say yes. Okay. Okay. At this point in time, if I were those boys, one of them, I would, I would go sell that for something that they wanted food, candy, you know, items, whatever. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm not going to know. That's true. Now the, the coin she gave them was different than the coin she gave Ewing, right? Correct. Ewing just got like a, a, he got a, he got a valued coin too, but it wasn't something special. Yep. Now one, and I don't know if this has been, determined or not but one theory is that the coin itself wasn't what bonded like triggers the bond but there was a spell that once they took the coin the bond transferred over and that the coin became a coin you know what maybe. I mean maybe so I mean, yeah so I don't know I mean how often in that town are you going to meet a highborn oh 
what appears to be a highborn lady. Nah, never, right? Never. You're probably not going to see in your lifetime. And she gives you a coin, anything. If she gives you anything, the sentimental value to that alone, I don't. Th- I don't think I would have sold it. I think I would have kept that. Okay. That, I'm that, thinking about just, when I was young. I would have. I, I, I know, hold on I, to money. The fact that you know, oh my god, I I met her and she gave me this. You know, that that's. I'm be, maybe being sentimental in my old age, but I may. I probably would have held on to that coin. <laughs> you be when you're older as a grandpa. <laughs> I was like, this lady gave me this <laughs> coin. That's it. That's that's the perfect grandfather story. Yep. You know? <laughs> I remember back in the day. We just, yep, I'm going to give you this coin. Oh, my gosh. I know. And that coin would be the story from Bell Times for decades to come. Yeah. Or <laughs> like me, I just spent it in like 20 minutes. <laughs> you, your story so... would have been, yeah, I got, a, I got a piece of candy with it. Yep. Totally what I've done. Now, let me ask you question <laughs> number two. Go ahead. All right. So what do you think Moraine did to that bird? Kind of went over this a little bit. I don't know if she actually did anything because in the book there was no sign of any kind of, you know, talking or, 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 or potential magic. She just showed up, made her comment, and he, and the bird flew off. So I'm going to stick with my story that the bird sensed the magic in her and said, Oh, nope, I'm out. Peace. Okay. I like that idea behind it. Um, it doesn't go into detail on exactly what happened with that later on the, in the book, so nobody's going to really mm-hmm. pick up on it. But in my opinion, I think she might have connected, you know, on a level of uh, subconscious. Yep. And might have did something with magic or a spell or something that drove it off, kind of blinded it and got it out of there. But that's just my thought. Okay. But again, I okay. mean, you didn't do anything. You didn't see. You don't read that. You don't get that feeling that something actually nope. important happened. Yeah, I mean, and and this we find out, you know, there doesn't have to be, to quote Harry Potter, silly incantations or wand wavings nope. to perform magic in this world. So I may be wrong. But yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Or the bird could just be like, I'm done. Yep, that's about it. Um, all right, let me go with question three, which in Bill's brilliance really isn't a question. Or it is a question, but how cool is Lance Cloak? Um, I mean, it's nice and all because it's just basically cloaking. If you think about it in the way yeah. I'm looking at it and, and seeing it in my mind when I read the book, it's honestly just camouflage. Exactly. It, it, one comment that, that you'll find when people refer to a warrior's cloak is it makes them sick. If you, if you focus on it, you get sick to the stomach because the way it shifts in and out of, of, of sight is unsettling, which, leads to the allure of being a warder. I mean, what kind of a, how awesome is that? Yeah. To, to kind of echo Bill's exact question, but it's a unique thing. Once again, any, anything unique in this town is sensationalized and just brought to the forefront. Agreed. So we've talked about this one too. Is there really a glee man? Uh, all signs point to yes. Yep. <laughs> I think we're going to meet the Glee Man very soon. Maybe, maybe not next chapter, but definitely soon. Now, do they talk about what a Glee Man actually is? Uh, at, at where we are now? Yeah. I, I think someone refers to, how, they, how can I word this? 
like someone says, oh, you're about as entertaining as a glee man or something. There's some, I'm paraphrasing, but there's a, someone throws out a comment like that. So you get the feeling that glee men's are entertainers. Yeah. So we can just describe it right now. So in case we might've missed it or glossed over, but a glee man is basically just an entertainer. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. person that is talent in storytelling, juggling, music playing, knife throwing. There's all sorts of things that are in that person's bag that they can do as entertainment. That's it. High, high charisma score. Yep. We'll go with that. Yes. So So. number five, what do you think of Matt's ghost dogs? I never did get your opinion on, on the uh, ghost dog, Frank. What are your thoughts? Um, in my mind, it's, it's a, not as a clever prank. It's just dumping flour. It's wasting flour. Um, but I mean, I get what they're trying to do. Eh, the dogs didn't even show up. The brilliance is in how stupid it is. Yeah, basically. The they're brilliance like, scare the is... crap out of these kids. Yeah, and the brilliance is Matt couldn't connect the dots that say, if you're going to dump flour on these dogs, A, the dog's going to freak out. Yep. And what does a freaked out dog do? Run home. Run home. Exactly. But once again, it's it's it all paints the picture of, of the brilliance of Matt Cathon. All, all works out. And he can think of these brilliant ideas and have them fail so epically. I'm sure Bill probably thought that was like the greatest thing. I am almost confident that Bill may have tried something similar in his day. I don't doubt that. That's the kind of exact, it's kind of, it's the kind of thing that he would do and be so proud of. And I can see him. Oh, this is going to work brilliantly guys. All right. Oh, I never saw that happening. Oh, well, and you thought that he would do this as a kid. I actually see this him doing this as an adult. <laughs> Just, it wouldn't doesn't. be with a dog. It'd be with his kid and or do his wife. His wife. <laughs> Baby's gone. I don't know. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. That scary thought, but so, so dead on with, yep. with how Bill is. <laughs> Dang it, Bill. <laughs> That's, yes. Oh, Bill. You're here in spirit. We miss you, buddy. Come back soon. I'll see him so, tomorrow. You will. I won't. I spent a lot of time with that guy. uh, God bless you. (laughs) (laughs) So that's about all we have for chapter two. I want to go into a a new segment that we're going to be starting here. Uh, I am actually going to take sections of each chapter for each episode and let's say narrate them in my own special way. Segments called Readings with Rob. And for this chapter, I took the section where with the Raven, where Matt and Rand see the Raven. Uh, it's a very important, as we mentioned, it's very important uh, story building to show how there could be not just, you know, the, the enemy might be right in front of you, or maybe he's a Raven on top of the roof. You don't know at this point. This also gives you an introduction to Ma Rain, so she comes in as well. So, without further ado, here is our first go with Readings with Rob. And now, the Taveren present to you Readings with Rob. All was as it should be, except that he was being watched. Then, something led him to turn around, to raise his eyes. On the edge of the inn's tile roof perched a large raven, swaying a little in the gusting wind from the mountains. Its head was cocked to one side, 
and one bee-black eye was focused. On him, he thought. He swallowed, and suddenly anger flickered in him, hot and sharp. Filthy carrion-eater, he muttered. I'm tired of being stared at, Matt growled, and Rand realized his friend had stepped up beside him and was frowning at the raven, too. They exchanged a glance, then as one their hands darted for rocks. The two stones flew true, and the raven stepped aside. The stones whistled through the space where it had been. Fluffing its wings once, it cocked its head again, fixing them with a dead black eye, unafraid, giving no sign that anything had happened. Rand stared at the bird in consternation. Did you ever see a raven do that? He asked quietly. Matt shook his head without looking away from the raven. Never, nor any other bird either. A vile bird! Came a woman's voice from behind them, melodious despite echoes of distaste. To be mistrusted in the best of times. With a shrill cry, the raven launched itself into the air so violently that two black feathers drifted down from the roof's edge. That was Readings with Rob. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at TavirNPod with your request. All right, that was Readings with Rob. If you like, if you like what you hear, let us know. If there's any uh, upcoming uh, passages and chapters that you want to hear, hear read, or if you want me to try and read a certain passage to try and trip me up, go for that. Or if you know that a chapter's coming up with certain hard-to-pronounce words you want me to attempt, go for that too. Hit us up at Twitter, to Taver and Pod. Um, by the way, uh, Rich, I didn't, didn't tell you that. For our uh, prologue, when Bill brought us in, and as, as the master enunciator that he is, he uh, brings us in the epilogue. Welcome to the... And I was like, oh, He couldn't even pronounce Taviran? He couldn't announce the name of his own podcast and then had to defer. <laughs> I, have a, I, I believe that's the Taviran, but we'll go with Taviran. Yes. Anyway. Dang it, Bill. <laughs> and one job, Bill. As 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 Rich knows with their other podcasts, he has a gag, not gag, that he pulls at the opening of their other podcast too. So uh, maybe this is going to be his in quotes gag, not gag, when he brings us in. But he might. I know he, him. Yeah, He'll probably knowing, do something like that. Knowing him, yes. So uh, that's it for chapter two. Next time, uh, chapter three, Peddler. Uh, ooh, another person coming to this town. This is like Grand Central Station now. I don't know. Holy crap. Lots of good stuff in this next chapter, guys. And no promises, but we are going to try and bring the whole crew together for the first time for this great chapter. It's going to so, be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Hey, Rich, any final thoughts? No. Um, I say this is going to be a long fun podcast that we are trying to do here everybody not thank to, you what i was just gonna say not having to punch out 30 40 hour role-playing games uh no <laughs> i could just bow out of those but bill would kill me but anyways no I, I hope everybody enjoys the podcast that we're doing as you can tell that 
you know, we're getting better with each episode that we're doing oh, yeah. uh, regarding oh, of yeah. this podcast and, you know, the other one that we do. Um, Bill's getting into his own element. Rob's doing fantastic. If you guys you. want to, you know, leave us comments, definitely leave it into our podcast of what you think. Um, we're also looking at various other options to do discords and, and things like that. We haven't got that far yet. Yep. As far as I can tell, right? Nope. The, not officially. I know that I know that in the in the uh, probably uh, probably spoilers discord, Bill asked for a Taviren one, but I think it's just me and him in there right now. <laughs> yeah. So we may um, end up just doing our own. I think yep. it'd probably be better if we did our own, but I'll let Bill make that decision. And I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think we've mentioned it before in, in either the first two pods. Bill and Rich other podcast is called RPG The Golden Years. Golden they are attempting. Years. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's the gag uh, for those who don't know. But Bill and Rich are attempting to play every, I want to say that again, every role playing game in the golden era of RPGs. Rich, what was that count? It's like 400 some games. Four. Not only is it 400 some games, but every other episode, Bill seems to be adding more on. Yeah, I'm going to choke him. <laughs> I probably will. Now, they have some great gaming coming up, uh, but along with every great game, there's a few stinkers in the mix. So it's it's fun to hear them, you know, review, cheer, groan, whatever, uh, as these games come by. But, yeah, if you're a fan of video games, you got to check out RPG The Golden Years. Uh, wherever you find, you know, your podcasting, you'll find them as well. Yes. So I believe that's it for this uh, this episode. Yeah. Rich, it was a good time. I had a great time. Yeah, definitely. First episode in. Many, great. many more to go. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna shut her down for now. We're gonna pick up the books. We're gonna check out who this peddler is and what he's all about. I think something's fishy thanks. with this guy. Oh. I don't know. Don't know that. I get fear I get you weird feelings. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We will guys, see you next time. Care. We will beat you back at the wine spring in take care guys have a good night thank you for listening if you want to continue the conversation tap into the one power and contact us on twitter at taviren pod you can also contact bill at metunica and rich at hail blue one five six nine you can also reach rob at his website digging D-I-G-G-I-N DiggingDeepSports.com And, as always, we will see you at the Wine Spring Inn. Here's to another great podcast, gentlemen. Cheers! Ah, damn it, Bill! Not again! Brad, can you get another round of pints for me and the boys? Yes. Yes, again. No... Bill this time. Thank you, Brad. Much, much appreciated. Now, where were we, men? Actually, I believe it's Rich's turn at the stone's table. Hmm? What's that you say? No, no, I don't think old Sen will have that, Rich.
like video games? Ever thought about making a video game? Do you find that a week or two weeks is kind of short for a game jam? Well, have I got the game jam for you. With the We Can Make This Work Probably game jam. We have nine themes. You can choose one for your game. Each theme is taken from one of our nine podcasts. The jam runs from April 20th to June 9th to provide a nice amount of time for you to make something cool. Check out the link in the description for more information and to figure out how to join and submit. Have fun! This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.